Welcome to Evening Chores, a podcast presented by Adobe Owl Ranch, which is my little homestead here in Hereford, Arizona. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Please hit the subscribe button and share it out to anybody that might be interested. And let me know what you think and anything that you might feel that it would improve the episodes or topics that you think might be interesting to hear about in the future. Thank you. Howdy. Good evening. And thanks for coming along to with me on my evening chores here. This is the podcast where I walk around and do my evening chores and talk to you about something that's going on either here on the farm or something that somebody's asked about or something that I think might be of use. So as I'm walking along, I think of Well, I think of how that sounded like it was the dog is out, but I don't think it is. Anyway, so what I am planning on talking about tonight, I've thought about, oh, there it goes. I forgot that cat has a bell on. Boy, that's completely unrelated. So there's a cat that wanders around the property here, one of my wife's cats, has a bell on it. It sounds just like a dog running around with a, you know, like a rabies tag. Thought I was going a little bit crazy there. <clears throat> Anyhow, so I was thinking, well, I could do a a podcast on how to choose the animals on your homestead or why you would choose certain animals over others. And I'll get to that. When I was walking out, I thought, well, I could do I could talk about some of the skills you need because I was looking at a at a couple of trucks over here of which I've been working on. One belonging to my brother, and one which I'm getting ready to sell that's mine. And I'll do that too, out in the future, so you can you can check back for those. However, for today, what I am going to be focusing on is something a little bit more mundane. Let's uh, smash a couple of bugs here. Some bugs I don't mind, uh, some bugs don't get to hang around too long. So, what I'm going to do now for tonight's podcast is kind of talk through the order of which I do these chores, or I guess the things that I do every night, because the order changes, depends on what I see, and, but it normally starts in the same place, most of the time. I will come out and I will start in my stable area. That's where at some point somebody had some, well, I guess I don't want to start at my shop. You know, I go out and, and see what what there is uh, out there. I check that, uh, you know, tools and all that, make sure nothing's been disturbed. And then I will come over to the stable because that's where my little piglets are here. And if you just heard a sneeze, that was a piglet. And they are, they're coming along pretty nice for a couple of little orphan pigs. Still growing well, all that. This is over here rubbing on the, on the side of the hog panel here. He actually, he likes to be rubbed. You know, he likes to be scratched like, kind of like a dog. So he's a pretty friendly pig. 
And boy, can't get rid of these bugs. <clears throat> so there aren't any bugs on the peg. But there are some bugs that annoy me. And the only one that I can think of is cockroaches. Actually, now that I think about it, like June bugs are a little bit annoying. You know, you get... But it is easy to get cockroaches out here because there is water in any pig pen or pig sort of place. And I'm just going to have to... I don't normally use a lot of a lot of sprays, but this is going to get sprayed down. I'm not going to put any animals in there for a while. I will just have to let the, you know, I will compost the, all the hay and everything's in there for a good long time. Let it get good and hot. So I'll kill off any kind of insecticide or anything, but can't have cockroaches around. They just drive me crazy. They're unsanitary. They're just, they're not good. And there's something about this building that seems to attract them. I'm not sure what was, we've only been here for about three years, but I can't avoid cockroaches. So I'll clean everything out of this building, put in a big pile and, and let it get if you compost right, you can actually heat it up good and hot. That'll that'll kill off any of the eggs that are there, and then I'll probably spray the whole thing down. Get the get the exterminator out here and see what he thinks we ought to do. Like I said, I'm not saying in general that you should be putting you know the, any kind of insecticides down. I most most bugs I actually like, you know, crickets and and grasshoppers and all that. But I'm just cannot abide cockroaches for some reason. So anyway, enough about that. And if I was smart I'd go back and cut it all out, but I'm probably not, so so I start here. I'm gonna check on my my piglets, which I've just done, make sure they're okay. I will go next door into the other state, into the other stall here, which is the feed room, which is part of the aforementioned problem, where when you have feed and things like that, you're going to have vermin of some kind, bugs or whatever. So I come in here. I've got a, a nice. Pretty solid way of storing some of my feed, but not all of it. And so that's a problem in and of itself. Working on a trailer for that. Which, yeah, homestead equipment. That'll be out in the future somewhere. But for now, so I've got this out here. So I'm going to pick up a bag of feed. And I will throw it over my shoulder. Sometimes I... I'm doing this in the daytime on a weekend. I will just bring the tractor over and, and use that to carry a few bags over for the week. So, but you're going to have to listen to a bag of feed for a while. I carry it across 
And it's probably, I don't know, it's only a couple hundred yards, maybe. Maybe not even quite that far, I'm not even sure. So that's the next thing I do, is I wander across. Usually the same route, but sometimes I'll take a little different way so I can check on different things. So I'm walking along past my old, the, the pen where I first had hogs here. And I've still got the fence post in the ground, in case I ever want to put a hog pen back. We've got lots of posts, and it is a giant pain to drive them into the ground. And that's about half as bad to pull them out. So, if I think I'm going to put something in there later, I'm going to take the posts out. So, then I walk past my chicken coop, but I'm not going to mess with that right now. I'll come back and close that on the way back. I walk along here, I can see my my well house, which I don't really consciously anymore check for leaks, but this is, you know, I try to keep an eye out. If there's a damp spot out here somewhere, there's water running, I don't want that. So I will make sure to prevent that whenever possible. I see, I actually need to sweep that out. Then I'll take this bag of feed and I'll wander over by my my sow, which she didn't have much of a name. They, she was the biggest one on the property, so they just, she kind of acquired the name Big Girl, which she's kind of earned. She's about a 700 and some odd pound Duroc cross of some kind sow. She's a big pig, really good natured. There's no, I mean, anything can turn on you. You got to keep your eye on everything, but she's extremely good natured, super lazy, which is something I like in a pig. And so I'm going to feed her first. have pigs, you will learn that they will always stick their heads in if they can as you are dumping the feed in. I don't know what it is about them. So now I just fed Beauregard. He's the, the main boar here. He's the American guinea hog. He's not registered or anything, but he is the Big herd boar, I guess. Now I'm walking over, I can always call this the piglet pen, but these aren't even the piglets anymore. There, I can't remember, I think there was nine of them to start with. I got four gilts and, and one little boar, which is, he's full guinea hog also. But, these little gilts are 300 pounds each. So I'm going to choose the best couple. Probably two of them. And we'll breed those. And the rest will get either sold for breeder somewhere or, or they'll be sent off to freezer camp. 
In the meantime, I kind of spread their feet around to control where where they are causing disturbance the most. That's one of the things I want from hogs here. One of the reasons I chose hogs was to let them turn up the, the landscape here a little bit. I wanted them to, you know, root around, move the top of the, the soil around. You know, pigs, by their nature, are a destructive kind of a creature. They're a forest creature to start with, as I understand, but I've had pretty good luck with them out here on the, you know, the high desert plain, I guess you'd say, because I'm in a a well, kind of a long flat valley between two mountain ranges, so it's a it's a gentle slope. There's no natural elevation at all on my property. It's all evenly sloping from west to east. So I check on them. I count them. I make sure they're all there. And then I carry the feed bag over because between those three different, I guess, lots of pigs that has exhausted that feed bag completely. I do feed out of bags. I am still looking for a supplier of feed that I can get feed by the ton cheaper than I can get it by the, well, I guess by the, the gross ton, you know, like a one solid ton rather than what I get right now. I get 40 of these 50 pound sacks and that's the cheapest that I can get that kind of hog feed. So now I'm carrying a hose over here because I want to water this little, I don't know, he's a, he's a boar, but I'm not sure what kind. It's kind of a rescue creature, actually. And he's carried his water all the way off. And back for that. Um, my folks are on a property and I want to go over and if I don't close the, the chicken gates and things they feel obliged to walk around and do it so I'm going to make sure that's done before they get here which looks like that one is. And I'll water these piglets while I'm over here. And I'm probably going to have to stop and talk to them because that's how it works. So I'll take a brief hiatus. So if there's some kind of a kind of strange jump in the podcast architecture here, that's why it is. But let's see. So, so far I've fed most of the pigs and complained about bugs and I've watered some pigs. I'm about to water some more. And 
gonna go over and see these parents of mine here in a minute. But I will water these two piglets first. Because that one fence is already closed. So my daughter came out and shut it. Fresh water is extremely important for not only you know having good animal protein, but animal health and welfare as well. So I like to have good, solid, clean water for anything that is on the property. And I think that's part of the reason why the bugs bother me so much. Because they get into all kinds of things and they just, they're, they're unsanitary. If they'd stay out in the wild like I actually don't mind the termites because they keep them away from the house with a kind of a spray but the anything that doesn't stay away and doesn't know its place is a thing I can't stand so okay I had a brief interlude there so I forget exactly where I was but let's see, I, I just fed and watered that little boar. Let's see. Well, I can't recall exactly what I was talking about before, but I generally want to walk, water, or not water, but I want to check the water on my both, you know, all of the all the pigs. So. I have to manually water two of them, and then, or two of the pens, and then the other three are all, um, they are all automatically watered, and little critters and but I always want to make sure everything's clear you know water is clean I don't want it to look like a septic system and I want to make sure I see all the animals so right now I don't see these two piglets but I know why they are in the I've got some hay in there for them which is a good chance that's where I got this bug problem and the, when you bring in hay, it's impossible to tell what you bring in with it. And last year I brought in some chinch bugs, which I don't even know what they are, but that's what they told me they were. And this year I think I brought in these things. Because we, you know, just heated up a whole bunch and that brings some stuff to life. Anyhow, so I got these two piglets. They have to have a, a way to stay warm because they're too small to just sit out and stay warm on their own and I don't have any really great indoor areas other than some I've got some hog shelters that I could use but oh there he's up that's the sound of a contented piglet right there oh hello piggy and 
they just burrow right in. There's some hay out here. They burrow right into it. You can't even tell where they are. They go go digging right under. Like if you've got small dogs going under the covers, same kind of a thing. I don't have small dogs sleep under the covers, but I've seen them do it. So these hogs, they burrow right into the hay. They stay warm. And if you reach over the fence like that, scratch them, they like it. At least that does. His brother is not not so much about it. He kind of runs off if you if you touch him. He's he's iffy about the whole thing. But so they've got feed and water. The chickens are on automated feeders and waterers. Of course, you have to fill the feeders, but the waterers are on a pressurized system, so they stay full through a uh, like a, a float valve system, which I will, at some point I'll put together a schematic on the way that I do that pretty cheap, using a five gallon bucket, and I think it's $10 float, and probably, oh, maybe, maybe $10 worth of other parts, something like that. I'd say I've got less than $30 in that chicken waterer and my chicken tractor. And, well, actually, it's probably about that in the other one. The other one has a, a barrel. It's a 55-gallon barrel that stays full all the time. Well, not full. It's probably got 35, 40 gallons of water in all the time. It's on a float system on a pressurized, you know, it's on the well water. So you got to check those things every once in a while, make sure that they are not leaking, not gone dry. But the great thing about that, the big one is, in fact, both of them, they never froze all winter. You know, the lines would freeze, but the, the actual waterers themselves never froze and burst like every previous iteration I've had. So call that a win. I don't know what we'll see next year, but the next winter. But it worked out this year. So I'll, I'll get that together at some point. Show how I did that. I think if you go to my YouTube page, there actually is a... I can't remember if it's on Facebook or YouTube, but I don't know. Check both. I think there's a little quick how-to. might be, uh, I guess it isn't too quick, maybe 45 minutes long kind of a cut-together thing, showed how I built it. So my hogs are on a, a similar system. They're on hog nipples, except for the those feeder hogs out there that I called piglets earlier, which are on both an open-air water system made out of an IBC tote and a nipple system. They've got a nipple water on the side of it because the one is too short to get in there. He can't get to the water if it's in there or he's, he refuses to I don't, he might be able to but he won't my sow and my boar are both on nipples so it's a stainless steel nipple with a spring in it and it yes yes that's the dog he thinks I forgot about him those go on a standard garden hose sort of a thing you know it's got a long pipe that goes in so the, the pigs can't break it but it lets the pigs at any point during the day get a drink 
and you gotta, you know, you check those periodically as well, make sure that it's all working and not leaking or anything like that. And then I have a sprinkler system out also, which I think it runs for about 15 minutes out of the day altogether, maybe 20 at the most, but it runs water out of a small, like a, like a garden watering sort of a thing. And it sprays out, so that's where the, the pigs can stay cool because pigs don't sweat, so they die of heat exhaustion if they're out in the sun and they don't have anywhere to lay in the in the water. And we, they have shade. The, it isn't sufficient here. It gets hot enough where they also need they also need water to stay cool. So we give them that a little bit. We don't waste much water on that, but it is out. And I see my standing here on top of some straw that I put down last spring about now, and it's it's got some little oats growing out of it, looks like, which is good. Holds moisture in a little bit for the, for the grass, which is good. And then I feed these big dogs here. I've got a couple of good-sized dogs, German Shepherd, I don't know, Husky Malamute mix, and a, another one that's, I think, a... I think she's a Malamute. I'm not really sure if she is. They're both prowl dogs. This one here is probably 110 pounds. And he just looks like a wolf. And I wouldn't want to jump in here if I didn't know him, because I don't know how he'd act if you were a stranger. But I know to me and my kids and family, he's a nice dog. Which is all that matters to me, because if you jump in here and you're a stranger, that means that you shouldn't be here and you're an idiot. So you ought to you ought to come and say hello to me first, and I'll I'll bring you out to introduce you to dogs if you ought to I don't know, if you ought to meet them. So they get their little bit of feed. We we do actually I, I measure the most for them because otherwise they become sort of obese and. That's not helpful for anybody. And get their little bowl of food. And some head rubs. We took we take them for a walk in the afternoon, evening. Sometimes the wife takes them for a run in the morning. I just tell. But so they are well cared for. They want for nothing. They're actually on automatic water too. They have a, a water often used for horses. It's about the size of a horse's nose, and it's on a pressurized system as well. It's got a float that's protected from them being able to chew on it. I'll get the Amazon link for it. Put an affiliate link in if I can remember to. Because those work really good. I've got one of those here. i got two of them up by the house. One for the little dog that goes in and out and well, she goes she's got a little crate that she can go to inside the house and and then all of her food and water, everything is outside. And that's mostly because somebody feels sorry for her in the winter. 
And then there's one for the cats. There's a little shed over here that we keep the cat stuff in. So they, so they have water. So there's three of those little waters that keep the cats and dogs from going thirsty. And at some point we'll talk about infrastructure on the on the homestead and having good water and power lines in is a big part of it. And I appreciate the ones that I've got and I'm planning on putting in more. So now I'm walking over here, I'm gonna check these. Looks like that chicken house door is closed. They got two different chicken pens. And I know they have feed because I've just dumped a bag in the other day over there. It was yesterday actually. Oh, I think my the way that this valve works on there, it doesn't ever run a lot of water in at a time. It takes a long time to fill up. But that also keeps it from bobbing all over the place and making all, all kinds of noise and shocking the the water system. You know, you get those big on-off back and forth kind of things. If you've got a valve that is weak or an elbow or a splice of some kind, that's what will open them up a lot of times. So I don't have any of those right there. I don't have any of those really harsh on-off cycles. It's a pretty, pretty smooth low flow of water because not much water ever comes out. It's not not watering cows, you know. Just some chickens. So that's pretty much all there is to the chores around here right now until I get a either a cow or a sheep or some sheep or a few cows or well it's hard to tell. One of my kids wants a horse pretty bad, but I don't think that's in the cards quite yet. And there's some mechanical stuff to work on all the time, of course. And I don't know if you can hear those coyotes in the distance, but they're probably about half a mile over there in that ranch across the way. Anyhow, so that's all the all the chores for tonight. Everything is taken care of as as it should be, or it was earlier. And in the morning, I'll come out and make sure that my sprinkler system is working because I'm going to be gone the rest of the day. So I want to say I appreciate you listening along as I do these chores in kind of a choppy fashion. And if I was more dedicated, I could do them in a, in a swifter manner. You know, if I had more animals, I'd have it more of a system. But I kind of like going up things as they approach me sometimes. So that's what I do here, and it allows me a lot of times to see things that are not working quite as they should be, and it, it allows me to have time to to work on those things as well. So, as I said, thanks for listening. Please share, like, subscribe, you know, comment, send me a send me a comment. See what you'd like to hear and what you'd like to hear more about, what you'd like to hear less about, whatever it is. And, Send it all, I'm fine with it. If you're curious about seeing any of the rest of the stuff that we're doing, which you should be if you're interested in these sorts of things, go to www.adobeowlranch.com. That's Adobe is A-D-O-B-E. Owl is O-W-L. Ranch is R-A-N-C-H. It's 
all pushed together. There's no dashes or anything. So adobeowlranch.com. And we are a homestead here in the high desert of southeastern Arizona. And available also on facebook.com slash adobeowlranch or instagram.com slash adobeowlranch or at adobeowlranch. I forget all. If you look for Adobe Owl Ranch, you'll find it. And I appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you the next time that I'm out doing chores and I can turn this on. Thank you. Bye-bye.